to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bow and shield in the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bowolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Birds I'm gonna have friends. the rest of my life with these kids. Birds wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. I was edit that one out. That didn't come out quite. There's no editing. No. No editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful of Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. To Burns with Friends, Bo Wolf here, Zach Berman there, and uh, we start the show as we always do. Sheil, how are you? How long are, are are we going before we acknowledge Sheil's not here? I was going to let it go for a really long time. But <laughs> I, re- I respect that. Yeah, Sheil, uh, Sheil ditching us, so uh, we we roll ahead with uh, with just the two of us, Zach. So. You know, sometimes national writers feel like they can, uh, you know, they don't have to slum it with uh, with the locals when big news strikes on the Eagles front. So uh, so let's talk about that big news, uh, because we do have Eagles news for the first time in a while. And that is that uh, Brandon Brooks, the Pro Bowl right guard, arguably uh, the best or one of the best players on the Eagles team, uh, suffering a torn Achilles while working out at the Novacare complex, his second torn Achilles in uh, in. I guess uh, one calendar year and a half, and yeah, his third months. and his third season-ending injury uh, for three seasons in a row. So, uh, you know, tell me your your first initial reaction for uh, for this news. Oh, abs- absolutely devastating. I mean, first off, for for Brooks, uh, just because, like you said, he's he's someone who who has come back from he came back from that that injury. In January 2019, was able to play week one, uh, was injured again week 17 last year. From all indications, has been recovering well, and then suffers this setback, or I shouldn't even say a, a setback, a new injury, and now will miss the season. But devastating too for the Eagles, obviously, because Brooks is is one of their best players, and the strength of this team is supposed to be their offensive line. And you take an All-Pro right guard out of the lineup. And in my opinion, it affects the entire offense. So uh, just devastating all around for the Eagles. And you would think that given the fact that they're not on the field this spring, one of the things that you would hope you guard against are these serious injuries. Mm-hmm. And uh, for, for it to happen, it's, it's just obviously very unfortunate, but brutal for the Eagles. So let's get into it. And we will also uh, talk about getting to talk to Doug Peterson, Earlier today, so it's a uh, it's an Eagles heavy show, but uh, we we talked about this in the in the beat back and forth, Zach. But um, I guess first things first, like totally agree. You feel you feel terrible for for Brooks, uh, a guy who you know works as hard as anybody and is as uh, popular and well liked in the locker room as anybody. But let's talk about I guess first from a uh, you know from a 2020 roster standpoint, and then we can get into sort of the bigger. Uh, you know, thoughts about team building and whether it was the right thing to do to extend uh, all these guys on the offensive line who are over 30 years old. But uh, from a from an immediate standpoint, there are uh, you know several young players who could potentially compete for uh, that right guard spot. There's Matt Pryor who replaced Brandon Brooks uh, last season, both when Brooks left the game uh, against Seattle in the regular season with an, with an anxiety flare up, and then also in the uh, the playoff game against the Seahawks when Brooks had suffered his season-ending shoulder injury. And he did okay at right guard, not great, but okay. Um, the other two holdovers who could po- possibly compete, Nate Herbig, who was the backup center last year, of course almost uh, got the feely, and then my boy Sua <laughs> Opeta. And then there's the fourth-round pick, Jack Driscoll, who was billed as sort of the Halapulavati Vitae replacement in the sense that he would be able to step in and be the primary backup at you know four positions on the offensive line not including center, although there's also a thought that, that he could potentially play center too. Uh, so of those four guys, before we even get into outside possibilities, how, do you, how would you stack those, those contenders? How would you handicap it? I'd, I'd put Matt Pryor as the most likely 
has the experience entering his his third year in the scheme, uh, has the size, has, has, has rare size for the position. Athletically, not Brandon Brooks, but obviously few are. Uh, but like you mentioned in, in the beat back and forth, it's a position where you're putting someone in between two all-pro caliber players, between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So what you're hoping for is is someone who can be just solid there. Uh, because you don't need it's it's great yeah, if you, you have sign a, up you a, sign a up for player. average right yes now. Ex- exactly and, and so you hope that Pryor can be that uh, even with the athletic limitations and as as you pointed out I don't want to speak for you but probably a, a better athlete than he might get credit for uh, but I I well, would test it as like a as like a you know fourth percentile uh, spark athlete in the pre-draft process but uh, Kelsey especially was talking about how like. The first day they came from training camp uh, last year, like they did these sprints, and Kelsey's like always leading the sprints, and he looks over, and Matt Pryor's like running there with him stride for stride. That's his. That's sort of his story. So I think he is a, a, a better athlete than at least the spark indicated. But obviously not Brandon Brooks out there. Of course not, yeah. Yeah, and and then I, I would say Herbig number two in there, but I, actually no, I'm, I'm going to change that. I, I would go Driscoll number two. Um, I think Herbig's going to get a, a lot of time as as the backup center, uh, and I think that's a spot where where he might he, 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 that's his his uh, the best path for him. Uh, Driscoll because he's played uh, you know he he has that tackle guard versatility, uh, a good athlete for the position, a smart player from all indications. Obviously not on the field yet, but. You would think that knowing the injury has occurred now, if they dedicate him to right guard during the summer, that he can he can get up to speed uh, and be ready to play if that's the path they go. And then Opeta, uh, now clearly they, they, they like Sua because they basically burned a roster spot on him for the final month of the season. They didn't want him to go elsewhere. They didn't have really the a Dolphins path for him The Dolphins tried to, to sign him to their, to their active roster. Exactly. Promote him to the 53 just so they can keep him. So they like that potential, uh, but I would probably put him fourth among those four you mentioned. And it, it's a good thing that Shiel is missing this episode because I think he would be he would be nauseated at, at uh, such a long conversation about four backup offensive linemen. But uh, to Herbig's point, you know, he played he played guard in college. Mm-hmm. I think right guard is the position that he played. So that is not a transition that he would necessarily be worried about i think that um i think that driscoll would have been the answer if this was a normal offseason but i I do think that you know the lack of spring getting a chance to look at him will uh, affect things a little bit that said i mean you think back to to what was it 2012 uh right kelsey they they had no spring with him and they just installed him from from jump as the the starting center basically in a uh, a sham competition with Jamal Jackson, but uh, I I don't know. I, it could be it could be Driscoll. I think that I mean if you look at just the pedigree and the, what they what they're expecting of him, that would make sense. But um, I mean Pryor did Pryor did fine last year. But again, I, I made this point on the beat back and forth. Like if you go position by position on the roster on the offense, you could you could make a good case that like right guard is the least important of the eleven positions considering that you have Kelsey and Lane Johnson, uh, you know, sandwiching that spot. But you're so used to getting outstanding play there. Sure. And, I mean, yeah, know, I mean they, it's going to hurt them, no doubt. Now, do you buy the Jason Peters stuff? So that, yeah, that is the next thing. And, and Derek Gunn, who broke the news uh, about Brooks's injury, uh, also put in there that this maybe uh, hastens the return of Jason Peters. It's not really a one-to-one thing. Like I don't buy, I don't buy that Peters is an option at right guard, or that uh, Peters is an option at left guard, and then you move Sayamala to right guard. But uh, what would make sense, and the reason they would bring him back, I think, if they do, and they have opened up that possibility, it's it's not it's mm-hmm. it's something that could definitely happen. Uh, I think it's just like a general risk tolerance profile. Like they don't want they don't want to have two major question marks if they view Andre Dillard as a major question mark at left tackle. And so going into the season with, uh, you know, Driscoll or Pryor or whoever at right guard makes them uh, want to make more of a concerted effort to solidify left tackle and, and have that be with the, with the tandem of Peters and Dillard. Yeah, so my sense on Peters was that 
when Eagles made that decision to let him get into free agency back in March, uh, the thought then was that it was it was going to be a clean break that, that that he would sign elsewhere, get good money. It would be easy to rationalize. They they turned the page over to Andre Dillard. Um, but what happened was the the market obviously wasn't there for Peters. Uh, some of those spots got filled by other free agents. Obviously, the draft, you saw a run on offensive tackles. And here we are, June 16th, and Jason Peters is still on the market. And, and there are a few left tackle jobs open. You can talk about the Chargers, and I, I really think that's the team to watch. But overall, there's if if someone had big money waiting for Jason Peters to play left tackle, then they already would have offered it to him or signed him. Uh, so from the Eagles' perspective, it could get to a point where the value is just too good because I do believe Peters has more value in Philadelphia than he has elsewhere. Uh, they know him. They like him. Uh, he knows the system. He knows the teammates. Uh, but I also think, objectively speaking, the league has kind of has revealed what they think of, of, of Peters as a player right now, that he's, he's not worth this big money. Uh, now, I don't know if Jason Peters would want to move the guard. I don't know if he can ably move the guard. Uh, I mean, I certainly wouldn't bet against Jason Peters, and from an offensive line perspective, knows the position as well as anybody. Uh, but but that is a projection. And I I wrote in the beat back and forth that I, I can see a line that involves Peters one way or the other. Don't know what the lineup would be. Uh, but if if I had to lean one way now, I would probably lean toward Matt Pryor. Okay. Now, Peters did remember last year offer, uh, he said the offer to the coaching staff to play right tackle, to move to right tackle, mm-hmm. uh, but but guard was never uh, mentioned as, as a possibility. I don't, I just, I just don't buy that. And I also don't, um, like, we can, this is more of the larger team building conversation, but the way that the team is is built like you have to at some point turn things over to the young guys you got to let these guys sink or swim at some point you've got four guys here who have you know each reasonable chances to succeed at that position i think you have to let them let them fight it out and you know there's a guy on the open market in larry warford who uh, would be a plug and play answer like he's a he's a pro bowl right guard he was released because his contract was was super heavy and the saints don't have a lot of cap room uh, but he's a good player, a similar type player to Brooks. He's not super old. I think he's turning 28 this month. So it's a it's a plug and play solution. But um, that seems like too many resources to pour into the offensive line. Even though you know, as you like to point out, that's the way that the Eagles want to to build their team. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I I think that the Eagles want to carry over as much cap space in the next year as they can. They they do have the cap flexibility. But you need to look at it like it's a significant upgrade over what you have in order to do it because uh, it's it's just cap space that I, I don't think they want to burn. I'm more of a Larry Peaceford guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, that's a good boism right there. You don't have to you don't have to laugh at that. Um, so I, I don't know anything else on the 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 current outlook on the the 2020 offensive line. Well, I'm I'm curious when that news first broke. What was your reaction like? Like, what was the first thing you thought? The first thing I thought was to check the date to make sure it wasn't an old tweet hmm. uh, from a year before. But uh, my second thought was I just I just felt bad for books. That's really, I mean, that's yeah. really it. And what about you? It, yeah, I mean, I uh, I just thought like this is this is brutal for for like I mentioned the Eagles and and for Brooks obviously, but just. The the fact that you get this injury now, and and I know you disagreed with me a bit in the beat back and forth, but it it reminded me of 2012 when Peters goes down the end of March. Uh, The Eagles kind of rushed to sign Demetrius Bell, who obviously didn't pan out. They had a a revolving door at the position, and it really crippled them. And I understand left tackle is not the same as right guard, but just a, a player with that type of significance to your team Going down at this point, where it's 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 hard to to make uh, the type of move that 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 would give you you know high high upside player. Uh, yeah, it, it, 
that's what I thought. It, it really hurts them. I just think that guard doesn't matter nearly as much. Uh, I, I just think it's not. It's not. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be crippling. And I know that. So then, why uh, pay him in the first place? Well, that's a different conversation, and you know, I've been wrong a lot, but uh, we did have this conversation when the when the extension was given, and I said I just like I, I don't I don't know what the rush is to give all these guys who are going to be over thirty years old these long extensions. Brooks hadn't even you know he was playing an, at an unbelievable level, but he hadn't even proven that he could make it through the season healthy. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have paid him at such a such a high rate. I don't know, yeah, and I, mean, I also I, don't like. I I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty details of the contract. It might not be quite as, uh, you know, flashy as it looks. Uh, there might be easy outs, but um, I don't. I didn't get what the rush was. I I just mean from a a a positional perspective. It it seems like you don't value the guard spot, perhaps as much as as as. Well, they it's do, not that I don't value the guard spot, but I mean he's he is a he is a an awesome player. He's you know arguably the best guard in the league so that is that, i mean that is worth paying for if, aside mm-hmm. from the age but i also don't think that the uh you know you get to the delta like i don't think that the difference between the best guard in the league and an average guard is that much makes that much of an impact on the team if this move happens april 16th or april 15th i should say and and, and not june 15th uh do they approach the draft differently uh, that's a good question. I think you could make the case that they do. I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts, maybe that they don't have quite as much room for a luxury pick uh, mm-hmm. there. You could certainly make the case that they would have liked. I would have to look at what the draft board looked like. Was was there a guy maybe in the third round instead of Davion Taylor who could have made more sense? But, I mean, the pick they used on Driscoll, I think that is a, that is a pick used for a player you expect to be able to contribute early. So uh, I think that's why I, I sort of think that Driscoll – in an, in a normal offseason would have been the the betting favorite at red guard. And and the reason I ask there is is because obviously at 24 the Saints take Ruiz uh and and that's why they cut Warford there is is because they have right. Ruiz who I believe starting off a guard and that's someone who could be a day one starter for you and then slide over. Yeah, um, I don't think center. you do. I don't think you, you think know. about that in the first round. Okay. Okay. I mean, so the needed wide receiver is was even greater and even more important. Sure. sure. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the offensive lineman who would have been taken after their other picks. You know, you can make a case for Boise State's Ezra Cleveland instead of Jalen Hurts. That doesn't mm-hmm. move the needle for me that much. Um, and then you get down to Davion Taylor. Let's find out who else was was taken after him. Da 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 da. Tyree Phillips was the next guy, the guard from uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi John State, Simpson yeah. from Clemson. Uh, Solomon Kinley. From, actually, there was a, a, a bit of a run on uh, offensive guards, offensive linemen. Ben Barch, the D3 guy from St. John's. The D3 uh, you had Sadiq Charles a yeah. few picks after that who, who who potentially can slide inside. Yeah, so that's interesting. You can make that case. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just think that now I, I think you're correct about Driscoll. They're clearly high on him, highest offensive lineman they've taken outside of the first round since Siamalu. Uh, so, if 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 you like him as 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 much as they clearly do, and they think he's versatile and they think he's smart, uh, then he should be able to step in with a month of work in training camp. I mean, it's it's no different, in my opinion, then than than having Jalen Rager step in and take a big role. Now, now the 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 talent is obviously the difference. But uh, in terms of the learning curve, a guy who who played as 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 much as Driscoll did, uh, in theory, should be able to step in from a from like an acumen perspective. Yeah, I think so. So I don't know. I guess we will uh, we will see how it goes. Do you have any uh, you have any Father's Day plans, Zach? Uh, I'm I'm gonna have my in laws over, uh, and I'm gonna grill. And uh, I'm gonna spend some time with um, uh, with some family in the morning. How do you plan to smell on Father's <laughs> Day? Uh, do you expect I, to smell good? Yeah, with with this whole collection that I have. Mm, well, if smelling good is important to you, let me recommend to our listeners Hawthorne and beyond uh, the cologne which they have, which is their uh, sort of their their you know leading product. 
They've got all these other personalized products. I've been using the shampoo and with my hair as uh, as long as it is these days. It has been uh, it has been working out very well. So you go to Hawthorne.co, take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne will tell you the two colognes that are best for you and whatever other personalized grooming products you are looking for. Totally risk-free and free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use our promo code BIRDS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co with promo code BIRDS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Now you mentioned your hair. I'm curious, these Zoom calls, you uh, you don't put the video up. You don't give people a chance to see you. I don't, but I put the video up only for my question today with Doug. Okay. Uh, when I, I didn't asked see the that. question. Uh, I did. Yes. Now, speaking okay. of my hair, I got a I got a call out of the blue uh, while I was working on a story on Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning, actually. And longtime listeners of uh, this show and Eagles Beakley will know about my dear friend Cosmo. And I did not know that it was Cosmo calling. It was an unmarked number. Cosmo is my barber back in new york he's the only one i let cut my hair and uh rachel has has joked that this means that i will not get my hair cut until uh you know 2021 when we're allowed to get haircuts again Uh, (laughs) but cosmo called and uh he let me know that he has decided that he is not opening up the shop again once uh once things open up ever tough conversation he is not opening up no but he also wanted me to know that he is not retiring and he will be making house calls. So uh, I will still be patroning my dear friend Cosmo. And I was very, uh, I was very moved by the call. I didn't even know that he had my number. So that was so yeah, a, a, been, concierge a good concierge barber? Well, I think he's, you know, he, he, he's got this, this clientele that he has built up for, for so long in the town. He, he might as well, you know, keep doing it. He doesn't, he doesn't want to stop working. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So not he's an artist. Have you, uh, have you, so you haven't had a haircut at, at, at all during this? No, not at all. I've, I've, I've had my wife cut my hair. Yeah, and how'd it go? Well, you're, you're normally a, uh, I believe, what is it, every, every three days haircut guy? <laughs> every three weeks, yeah. yeah. Every three weeks. Three, well, three to four weeks. And how has is, how is she done? Uh, I mean, not like a professional haircut, but for for what I need, it serves the purpose. She, and then she I've, was, I've been cutting my son's uh, hair. She was Nate Herbig out there, and you know <laughs> yeah. your other guy's Brandon Brooks, but she got the job done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and how was but, uh, how was uh, how was Reed's birthday the other day? Oh, it was nice. It was it was nice. He loved it. We had he's really into PJ Masks now, so mm. had had a whole PJ Masks theme in our house for him, and uh, yeah, it was it was nice. Thanks for asking. Happy, happy birthday to the big guy. Thank you. Three years old. It was it was. The end of mandatory minicamp three years ago. Uh, yeah, and you and you, uh, what is it? Well, this is of course the origin story of uh, you got the rest of your life with these kids. Well, I no, it was it wasn't it was the next day, so I didn't miss the birth. It was the next day I went to, to a Doug Peterson interview uh, for one hour, basically, mm. uh, and it was it was it was good for just it was good for all parties, I think. It was good for all parties. Yes. Let, well, one day we'll we'll let Reed speak for himself on that. But, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. So you say, and, but that's a good uh, that's a good way to bring it full circle, Zach, because we got to talk to Doug Peterson again this morning. Mm-hmm. So tell me what the uh, what your your big takeaways were from from that Zoom call. Yeah, so there's there's football and then there's non football, and in terms of things that are obviously much bigger than football, um, you know the the uh, the social injustice, the conversations about race that the Eagles have been having and that 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 I would say many or, or most people have been having around the country he he said that that he supports his his players he uh he stands with what or he'll support them for standing up for for any cause that that they want and that uh he's really tried to listen and open his eyes and and the thing that he said that I thought uh kind of showed the human element to Doug was that he said he he wasn't just listening as a coach he was listening as a father things that, that he can share with his three sons uh which of which I thought was was uh yeah I I I like that that stood out to I like me it because too. yeah because that 
that showed the human side there. And and, and I, I I do think that was relevant given the situation. And then kind yeah, I mean, of I do think that I, I think that, um, you know, like listening is the absolute bare minimum uh, that that, you know, white people can do right now. Uh, and especially someone in a position of, of power like Doug, uh, who has a locker room filled of, you know, probably a majority black players. But I thought that he, you know, he passed that hurdle at least and, and explained some of the things that he's been listening about. And I think you're right, the, bringing it back to, um, you know, how he, how he wants to talk about these things to his children is, uh, is, is a good point. So, yeah, I thought, I, thought he, I thought he gave a good answer. Yeah, I agree. And and you could read what Bo wrote about that uh, on the Athletic right now. And our... I did think that uh, on the on the anthem stuff. I mean, it's it's sort of the same as you know the reaction to uh, Drew Brees' comments a couple weeks ago. But it's just a good um, and promising example of of, of how much uh, you know the Overton window has moved on on this. Like three years ago, you know, I looked up. Doug is like saying. Uh, he's in, you know, he he strongly encourages everybody to stand for the anthem. You know, there was that, uh, you know, undrafted bottom of the roster linebacker Mike Tavares yeah. who said that yep. he was going to stand and then was like very quickly chastened and had to retract it the next day. Uh, and now Doug saying that he'll support his players in whatever they want to do is uh, is at least a sign of progress. And and to your point there, even if you think back to 2018 when the Eagles had the rescinded White House invitation, uh, and it was like uh, for Doug and 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 for others on the team, frankly, uh, the the thought of like discussing issues that went beyond football, uh, I you know they they were very careful, you know, and and they yeah. tra- obviously some guys did, and some guys didn't want any part of that conversation, and I think you're seeing more. Um, acceptance and willingness to engage and and you know the not to kind of dismiss it as as this this non-football issue and i think that's a sign of progress as well all right well said what else uh, what else was there yeah so uh now let's transition to part football part the real world which is um the the uh the protocol that we discussed last week probably wasn't the highlight of the show for for the listeners, mm-hmm. but what the NFL is doing and and Doug said that they're they're going to have to be creative and adapt during training camp. Mentioned the use of the stadium, uh, which would be a change of pace for the team, whether it's for walkthroughs, whether it's for practices, whether it's for meetings, uh, whether it's just the change in the locker rooms. But it really sounds like they're going to utilize the stadium uh, more than they typically do. Obviously. It's a fluid situation. We'll see what happens a month from now, a month and a half from now. Uh, there, there's still time before they're scheduled to report the training camp, and obviously before the preseason scheduled to begin and the season scheduled to begin. But uh, there is that acknowledgement from Doug Peterson that it's not going to be business as usual in that regard. What do you make of the, uh, you know, like the split camp or, or, or what did you even make of the mention of using the link? I mean, it makes sense. They have like, there's more room in those locker rooms. If you're talking about distancing in the locker room and you can also take advantage of the visitors locker room, but do you think they would move everything over to the link? Yeah. I'm, I was curious about that. And, uh, I think that, that, that they can do things like, like the walkthroughs perhaps over there. Um, whether they would have all their practices over there, that would surprise me just because they're confined on the one field when they're at the yeah. link. Uh, but maybe, you know, they have meetings over there uh, because there's, you know, there's there's more space to socially distance. I, I, I don't know the answer, but but clearly these are conversations that they're having that they wouldn't typically be having. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, okay, what else did you hear from a, uh, from a football, from a football standpoint? perspective? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, so we kind of backdoored into the, uh, the football stuff. Um, and then obviously talked about Brandon Brooks. Uh, we covered that in the first segment here, but the first option they're doing is looking at the internal players. Uh, they have time to figure this out, but mentioned, you know, the players we talked about prior Herbig, uh, and then, uh, with Alshon Jeffrey, I, I, I thought this was interesting because he said that they have plans for Alshon in this offense. They're expecting Alshon to be a big part of this offense. Alshon needs to get healthy first. There's no timetable for that return. 
but if you're operating under the assumption that that the Eagles are are not planning to have Alshon Jeffrey play for them this year, uh, that's that's not the way they're making it sound either publicly or behind the scenes. In my opinion, is is that uh, I think that. Their view is is in. I could be wrong. Look, they once said Mike Rowe was going to be the offensive coordinator. And the next day, he was no longer the offensive coordinator. But I think that from their view, they're going to pay him regardless. So you might as well pay him to be on the team, than pay him to be on a different team. And I actually thought that the answer about Jalen Rager uh, was maybe illuminating there too. And and that answer was that Jalen Rager is not right now cross training he's just learning uh you know that one position Deshaun Jackson's position and again this is you know maybe this is a little bit silly because they haven't had as Doug likes to call it the grass time so mm-hmm. uh it's not like they're you know what would even cross training be um you, you should be able to learn the offense remotely anyway but uh they are not planning to at least initially cross train Jalen Rieger as they did with JJ Ortega Whiteside last year and if you think about it that means that there is a a spot open and to me that means that they're thinking it's going to be Alshon's spot because I would I would uh, not expect that they are ready to just pencil in JJ Ortega Whiteside as a you know a starting receiver yeah that's a, that's that's a a valid point I would agree there I I, I was I understand why they're saying that with Rager, and uh, I do think, like we discussed two podcasts ago, that that they want to downplay the uh, hype or the expectations for Rager. I'm still guessing, though, that that come the preseason, whenever it comes, uh, Rager is going to be taking on an expanded role. Like if you're just having him as Deshaun's backup. Well, and Doug the, said, yeah. and and Doug said the, the there's a difference between uh, the the versatility of playing both outside spots and just being able to move inside. And I think you know, in eleven personnel, either Rager or Deshaun can just slide inside. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, and that X spot traditionally they like having a bigger bodied receiver. Uh, now we don't know what Alshon's timetable is going to be, and and I mean, just if you look historically at the, at the injury, it's it's probably uh, a stretch to think week one um but uh no i mean i i think that they're talking more and 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 in their defense they've been talking this way and there's been skepticism uh from a lot of people but i i I really think eagles fans probably need to come around to the fact that alshon jeffrey is is it's looking like he's going to be here uh and uh, you can say that if there's a trade offer they would take it I don't know who's who's going to trade for him coming off the injury with that salary, and I just I would be shocked if they ate that kind of money. Um, now you you really need to want the guy outside the building to eat that kind of money, and they haven't talked as if they're that's that's going to happen. So uh, I I would expect that come October, uh, Alshon's out there. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably right. Whenever he's healthy, I think he's got a spot. But I mean our. Our opinion has changed there, but uh, they really have no other options. No, no, they, you know, and and the the depth chart is what it is, and 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 you're counting on Arthega Whiteside to improve in year two. You're counting on Rager to be good. I mean, I think the Goodwin acquisition, really, with what that is, in my opinion, is insurance for Deshaun. so you're 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 really counting and even on the and now. even the even the you know the two receivers they drafted late, Quez Watkins and John Hightower. Those guys are not you know they're not uh, theoretical Alshon replacements. They're in their best case scenarios. They are Deshaun replacements or yeah. not. I mean not replacements, but Deshaun backups basically in their best case scenario. So it's not like they have a lot of depth over there. And and Alshon wasn't like as bad as those other receivers were last year. Uh, you know, no, the but he was pretty bad that. last year. I mean, no, he, had but one, I, he had a very good game against Miami in his last Miami. game, but he was not good. But I, I'm, I'm thinking back to the to the stat that Shield had in his most recent ten thoughts on the Eagles, where uh, he had the the uh, I guess yards per route of and and where they ranked, and Aguilar and Hollins were ranked near right. the bottom, and right. Alshon was middle of the pack. Now that Miami game probably inflated it, uh, but he, he he wasn't like horrible last year. In my well, opinion. yeah, I mean, middle of the pack for that offense last year was was great. Yeah, uh, compared to the yeah. other options. So yeah, I mean that is true, and it's you know, it's not like they have 
that many better options now. So now, if 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 Alshon is playing and he's he's looking for something to to kind of boost him up in the morning, I would mm. tell him that top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But now everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. Helps you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com birds. That's drinkhydrant.com birds for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com birds. I don't know if these two things have been tested together, Zach, but it seems to me like, uh, you know, hydrating well would set you up for success in conjunction with our friends at Roman, don't you think? <laughs> um, I haven't thought about that, to be honest with you. Well, now you can think about it. And in the, you know, in the pre-COVID days, the average wait to visit the doctor was 29 days in major U.S. cities. That's basically a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com birds for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com birds for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right. I feel like Zach. I feel like uh, we owe it to Shield to go like to go short on this episode, <laughs> just so he's jealous that he missed the short one. Don't you think? Uh, perhaps, but I think there's there's. Uh, uh, I would say there's always stuff to talk about. Of course, of course, there's always stuff to talk about. Was there anything else from Doug that we that we didn't touch on? Yeah, so he 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 had good things to say about Jalen Hurts. Uh, said he's been impressed with. The way Jalen Hurts is is you know kind of spitting out the verbiage, if you will. They've been. I mean, what do, what a, can you tell? What do you think? Like, they always make the you know, they always make say the thing you can't tell what you have with these guys until they're in the building. So, I mean, isn't this all like very silly? Like, what what could he possibly learn <laughs> from from Jalen Hurts right now? Yeah. So what Doug said is that Press Taylor has put him in the, into a huddle situation where he's calling plays and has to spit it back to him, and and he's been able to do that. So, yeah, I guess what Jalen Hurts. Has done well is is memorize the play calls. All right, um, that counts for something based on the interpretation. But look, clearly, uh, I mean, I I think of all the rookies, Hertz is the one who who uh, is hurt the most. I was trying to figure out a, nice, a different yeah. verb to use, um, but 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 uh, Hertz is 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 the one affected the most by the lack of spring workouts because a quarterback would benefit the most. A and then then B once you get into the season your number three or your number two quarterback really isn't getting much work. You know, the, the, everything's devoted to the starter, to the game plan then. Uh, so where Hertz would make his most progress in this offense and with this coaching staff, this quarterback factory that the Eagles have assembled, uh, would be in the spring and summer. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the – there was one question from a listener who donated that we have not yet answered. Uh, that I forgot about until just now, so let me pull that up. But I'd say it is a it's a question I believe about the Deshaun Jackson release from several years ago. Uh, so oh, I saw get, this question. Get, and get it, it involves your your former or 
a, a job two jobs ago. That's right. So let me pull it up here. Also, there's another question too. Oh, there is? That, that, that we need to get okay. to. All right, here we go. Um, I love, this is from Sunset Jazz, DFOP. Well, actually not DFOP. His, his uh, son is a DFOP. I loved Bo's mention of unfounded reports during Deshaun's Football Reasons release in his recent piece. Without violating post-employment agreement, to what extent do you assign culpability to the media versus the team? Uh, were they, quote-unquote, useful idiots or victim to determined fraudster? Um, you were covering the team at the time, right? <laughs> you, you still were? Yes, I was. Okay. Um, my, my read on that is, uh, and I don't really have like any inside information that I'm not saying, uh, my read on that is that they were looking to make the move, and once that story came out, they they used it as a, uh, you know, as a distraction to pave the way for what they wanted to do, and I re- and it remains like one of the one of the one of the silliest transactions in franchise history. Just letting him go for nothing. Yes, yes, and I, and I think part of the, uh, I think part of the the delay, if you will, uh, was there was probably um, disagreement between the GM and the head coach in in terms of like how to go about it because my guess is the GM at the time uh, wanted to try to extract some type of value, you know, and Which it seems like the head coach just sense. wanted to move on. What's that? Yeah, but you like that head coach. <laughs> as as a coach, yeah. I mean, he, mm. he still won 10 games that year with uh, – yeah, you know, he, he, he won 20 games in his first two years. He was a bad personnel guy, but he was a good head coach. But, no, I, I think that – I don't you know, think, I think it, it was – I don't think it was fully nefarious from the organization. Like, I don't think they planted that story and then used it. I think they found out that it was being written and then used it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, yeah. it does Do you agree? Sense. Uh, Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they minded that being out there. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah. Uh, what was the other question you had? So this was from listener Jamie and sent it, and I, I guess we we missed it, but he, he did donate to We the Protesters. Uh, what's one thing you miss doing on a whim pre-fatherhood and one thing you look forward mm. to doing on a whim as dads? Interesting. Um, I don't know. Maybe like just maybe just going to a movie at night or something hmm. like that, which you can't do anymore anyway right now. But I would, I mean, I would just say like uh, going out at night to like yeah get a get a bite or something like that after bedtime. But that's I don't really miss it that much because if you know some we'll just we'll just do a, an early happy hour or something like that, uh, you know, with Casey. So. I don't miss that. I, I don't, I don't, I even, my life was boring before anyway. I would say, uh, like, doing nothing. Like, if, if you just wanted to. Yeah, that's true. To just, if you just wanted a Saturday or an afternoon where where you're just going to hang out. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're going to do, do anything productive. To use uh, the old Chip Kelly adage, you can. Spend your time where you can invest your time, you know, uh, mm. where you, where you spend your time, where you don't invest it. And uh, if you're not getting better, I, you're getting worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and and so you just can't do that because you're responsible for a human being and mm. or human beings at all times. So, yeah, that's probably what I miss the most. And how would you answer the flip side of the question? What do I look forward to doing on on the women's dead? Um, uh, going for walks, I would say, you know, like not to say you can't go for a walk on on your own. Yeah, but, but I would never the, have I would never have just gone for a walk by myself. Exactly. There yeah. there needs to be a destination. Yeah. 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 So but now I, I find myself more just just going for walks. And, and uh, uh, my son is at the age now where where like anything I, I, I say uh, is is a wonder to him, you, you know. So hmm. I'll, I'll give stories it's about the fire hydrant or about the street sign, and 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 he just loves it. Can you give us a story about the fire hydrant? <laughs> no, no, I I cannot. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else is going on in in Z-Berm's world this week? Uh, was 
you know, this would be the the week that typically the Eagles would be having mandatory minicamp. So uh, was was kind of thinking about that. Obviously, um, some Eagles related stuff, some long term stories I'm trying to work on, and I, I've read two good Bo Wolf stories this week. I'm looking forward to reading more from that series. Uh, but really, just just uh, trying to to get all my ducks in an order. That's probably a Carson Wentz expression, right? Yeah. Um, you know, before things, uh, I would say before things slow down, but but things haven't been going at this accelerated pace during right. the past few weeks in the NFL. And then uh, really, if, if the, go ahead. Yeah, and and then I was I was just saying like also, uh, trying to kind of figure out what um late July, August is going to look like. I mean, I recognize that like Doug Peterson said, it's it's going to be uh, different and atypical than a typical training camp would be, but uh, I don't know how that's going to look for us either. So trying to figure out how we can best cover the team in in that environment. If this were a regular mini camp, what is the one thing that you would be looking for that we haven't yet talked about on the show today? Uh, Darius Lay would. Okay. I will, well, Andre Dillard and, and, and Darius Lay. Those would be the two things at the top of my list. Those literally are the two things at the top of my list. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dillard How long and is your Slay, list? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to have something this week, but, uh, there's, there's 50 items on there. 50 so. items. Yes. Wow. I was going to say, can I, two, two, can I name the, all the items on your list, but I'm not going to name 50. <laughs> yeah. We could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Uh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, it's still you? minicamp. What can you, what can you really tell? But, uh, in, in that vein, it's like the, the, the things that you can tell, if you can tell anything, are guys on the outside, like speed positions. So I would be interested in seeing uh, the rookie receivers. Do they look like they have real juice? Um, I guess Slay to to the same extent, and just what the like what the secondary looks like, how they're lining up. I, I agree with you there. That's about it. Okay, I guess I'd be looking to see what uh, you know what what Zebram's wearing out to practice. <laughs> uh, that's just, there's nothing exciting there. Top thing on the pile, whatever that is. Okay. All right. What's going you got on in your What's going, going on, on in my life? life? I got. I'm writing these stories. I got my back against the wall. I got three more stories to write over the next three days. So. Let's share with our listeners because I will say that um, if you just follow the Eagles page on the Athletic, they don't appear on the Eagles page. So you have to follow that's both true. stuff specifically to see it. So if or, by chance our listeners haven't. Yes, um, but if if by chance our our listeners haven't um, uh, seen them, what are these stories? Uh, well, the chances are they haven't seen them, judging by the numbers. But uh, there's a story. Well, I mean, I, I I've been taken by the idea of these the college athletes, especially the seniors, uh, both in high school and college, who had their you know the end of their careers sort of unfairly ended by uh, by the coronavirus. And just sort of abruptly and out of the blue. So uh, the one story that was up on on Monday is about the Drexel women's basketball team, which uh, had this season that everything was sort of pointing as this was going to be their first trip to the tournament in in a long time. They had lost in the conference championship game each of the last two years. They had the reigning conference player of the year who was a senior, this great uh, recruiting class, this, this great tandem. And uh, they were the la- they were maybe the last team in America who was on the floor and actually like started to be playing in front of a a quarantine crowd or at least a you know a closed crowd for the first game of the uh, CAA conference quarterfinals uh, when like two minutes before tip off their uh, their tournament was canceled. So uh, telling telling that story and and how they have reflected on it since and they had they also had a coaching change so you know that team will very much not be the same. Um, and then the other one that was today was uh, Penn State's Lamar Stevens, a local Philly guy who who went to Penn State, helped turn that program around, was six points away from becoming the uh, all-time leading scorer in program history and probably the best season in Penn State history, at least since the 1950s. And then all of a sudden uh, their season gets canceled too. So um, how does he reflect on that? And, and what has he been doing since that is maybe uh, maybe more important. So there you go. I said, enjoy both those stories. I'm actually a big Drexel women's basketball fan now, so uh, but just became one a few months ago. So, 
and explain uh, why. I, it's a weird, weird, weird <laughs> thing to say without explaining. And I, I have a good friend who's on their staff. So, uh, uh, but she was hired after the you know when their former coach went to Villanova. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to following uh, Drexel women's basketball from afar now. So maybe they can be the official women's hoops team of of Burns with Friends. I'll take that. All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Burns with Friends for Zach. Oh, and by the way, Zach, I know some listeners did ask. I, I'll bury it at the end because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to brag, but the people who were who were curious of the results of uh, the Titanic clash on the hard court. Oh yes, I should, have, I. I should have led with that. Uh, the it was a, it was a, a straight sets victory uh, in two sets for for your boy. So was it your power you game that that did it? Uh, there was a little bit of power involved. Uh, I, you know, it was it was I would say uh, more competitive than the score would indicate. Now, you time. said going into it there. that you hadn't done physical activity in a few months. That's uh, true. How was your endurance out there? Not bad. Not bad. By the very end of the second set, I think we were both uh, we were both feeling it a little bit. But yeah, not so bad. You and know, then Shield it, said it's, that it's, his my, game, it's mind over matter. There you go. Uh, Shield said his game is, is to wear you out. Um, how was he at that? Uh, I think we were both worn out. Okay. I don't think I don't think he he succeeded in, in wearing me out more than more than he was worn out. Okay. Are, are, is are the, I was gonna say is there any video of of the game? Uh, I don't believe there is any video. Although there was one point where a car stopped and uh, was like behind the fence, and I was in in it for a, for a split second. I was wondering if it was somebody recording our match, which would have been fun. Oh, nice. But yeah, that was that was not the case. Loyal maybe listener. if maybe if there's uh, enough money raised down the line, we can uh, we can we can play the game live. We can stream it live. It's a good minutes. fundraiser. We but might need content this fall, so that would be a <laughs> right. possibility. I like that. Uh, okay. Well, for the the absent shield, and for Zach, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.